Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Here we are with another FH&P Law Talk, and I'm Clay Williams. I'm a partner at FH&P, and with me, as usual, is Tanbeer. How are you doing today, Tanbeer? Good. How are you, Clay? Well, I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, sunny out. What I know. A great I was just going to we, say, the weather's getting nice. weather's finally getting nice. It's been a long winter, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. So uh, I did my last day of skiing last week. I'm not going to go up this week for the closing, but uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to ride my bike instead. Yeah. So what do you do? Can you ride your bike or just drive around in your Mercedes? Um. Sometimes roll the, uh, the, the, the top down so you get a little fresh air. It ruins my hair. <laughs> um, I ride my Peloton in my basement. I don't really ride a bike outdoor, but I have a bike, but not the bike you like. It's a bike with a basket. <laughs> oh, a basket. Well, of course. Well, you know, that's, that comes in handy, you know, coming back from the liquor store. Wine. I was <laughs> just going to say wine exactly. in my basket. <laughs> So today we've got a great topic. With us today is our special guest, Greg Wyma from uh, Prospera. And uh, Greg, uh, welcome to FHMP's uh, Law Talk. Thanks, Clay. Much, uh, much appreciated. So Greg is here uh, to talk about uh, business credit. And, uh, you know, uh, Tanvir, you know, we've gone through the process of incorporating and some of the life's things that happen in a business. Yeah. One of the things that we haven't got to yet is just what every business at some point is going to need some credit. Yeah, so businesses are applying for loans, mortgages, for their operations, maybe to buy a business. So it's a lot of what businesses are looking to do. So Greg, we're, we're hoping that what you're going to be able to help us with is like, what is a, a business facing? What kind of uh, the application process? What are they going to need to provide? And what can they expect from a financial institution providing credit to, to an operating business? Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, Greg, uh, tell us, uh, now you're from Prosper Credit Union. Uh, what is your role there? Thanks again, Clay. Um, my role with Prospera Credit Union is uh, I'm the Regional Director of Business Banking. I head up a team of six account managers and some administrators that service small and medium-sized businesses throughout the Okanagan. And we deal with a wide variety of businesses and business owners, from operating companies to construction, uh, people in the construction industry, uh, to larger developers. We've been part of this community for over 20 years. Prospera Credit Union has over 70 years of doing business with individuals and small businesses throughout uh, the province. Well, and uh, I love that you guys sponsor the uh, the arena, you know, Prospera Arena. You know, <laughs> I, what a great way to, to advertise. So think about that every time you go to a hockey game. So. That's funny you mention that because so many people say, oh, you work for the arena. I'm like, no, I don't work for the arena. I work for a credit union, which is a financial institution that uh, operates very similar to uh, the charter banks in Canada. Well, well that uh, brings me to, to a question. Good topic. We were going to ask you, so... Our listeners are probably going to want to know, and a lot of them don't actually understand, what is the difference between a bank and a credit union like Prospera? We do have a lot of similarities uh, because we are both financial institutions, but they have many differences as well. First of all, we're member-owned, and so every member, personally or corporately, owns shares in a credit union. And so those uh, members are also owners of the credit union, and they have a say in how the credit union operates. So they can vote at member meetings and annual general meetings. Another difference is decisions are made locally 
um, because we generally operate in local markets and regional markets and not nationally. There are a few credit unions in the country that operate nationally, but most credit unions are local and regional financial institutions. So historically, credit unions dealt primarily with individuals and did not deal with small businesses. And years ago at Evolve, we had so many members that we dealt with that were entrepreneurs. So we started doing businesses with small businesses and it's just evolved into a full service financial institution similar to the banks. But again, uh, the way we differ, our decisions are made locally, we give back to the community. And again, our members um, have a say in how the operation is is run on an annual basis. I I think there's a difference in the attitude too, when you're dealing with a member rather than uh, just a a member of the public. It just seems like there's a a little more uh, maybe loyalty, is that the right word, Uh, to try and and make something work for for your members. We don't have uh, shareholders. We're not a publicly traded company, so the shareholders aren't expecting their membership shares in the credit union to grow annually, unlike the charter banks. The reason people deal with a credit union is because we give back to the community with dividends and giving back to various not-for-profit organizations and other organizations in our community like Accelerate Okanagan. So what is your process if you have a brand new business coming to you looking for a loan? So there's a wide variety of needs that a business owner may have. And so one of the more common uh, needs is an, is an operating loan or a line of credit. So a lot of small businesses have a line of credit. And if they are quite new, then it, it's mainly um, we look at it from a business plan's point of view and their personal history, experience, net worth, credit history, etc. And we can normally accommodate those small business owners. For larger, more established uh, businesses, we then take a deeper dive into the financial history and why they need an operating loan and how we can properly structure that to assist them to be successful and to assist them to grow. Mm-hmm. And we're often, if we have like a new business, let's say it's a small mid business, what we're being asked for is a banker's package from most banks and credit unions. So what a banker's package to us means is all the incorporating documents. Um, is, is that just open the, the, the actual bank account though? I mean, that doesn't get you to a loan, I don't think. You have to submit all those documents in order to get a loan if it's your first time. Well, I thought just open yeah. an account. Correct. Actually, we, we do need it for both purposes, yeah. to, to open the account and to uh, for financing. From opening the account, it's more of a legislative requirement So because we are regulated to make yeah. sure uh, the provincial regulator uh, requires us to make sure that we know who the directors and the shareholders are. And from a you know lending point of view, we also need to know who the shareholders are, and uh, because normally we'll ask the shareholders to guarantee the credit facility as well. Yeah. What kind of operating history would a business need? And we always talk about time and always talk about companies. That's kind of what we're most familiar with. I think that uh, most business structures end up as a company and uh, so a company's operating for a bit how long do they need to be in operation for what kind of uh, history do they need before the credit union would consider uh, them for a loan Uh, when it comes to an operating loan the rule of thumb is three or more years um, because then we can see how they have fared over the last three years and look at any sort of trends as far as you know revenue uh, trends uh, bottom line trends etc 
But due to the pandemic, actually, we're actually sometimes looking for even a longer financial history because the, the pandemic has had not necessarily a negative impact. Some businesses have actually uh, flourished during the pandemic, but a stabilized cash flow has, has not been evident in a lot of businesses throughout the pandemic. So some, in some cases, we may ask for five years of uh, financial history to just show what it was like even pre-pandemic. And then in, there is a few cases where we can provide operating loans just in the first year or two of an, an operating business because sometimes the business owner is experienced in that business or industry. The, the specific corporation might be new and so it doesn't have that historical financial information. So it doesn't sound like there's a rule of thumb. It sounds like, well, depends on the business and depends on, on the experience and the cash flow and all that. Depends on the business, depends on the, the management team, the ownership team and the industry that they're uh, involved with. So uh, yeah, it and, and that's a great thing about credit unions is we are more flexible. We take a very high level approach um, when we're uh, reviewing a business's um, needs. So for like a purpose loan, say, well, in the Okanagan, we are so uh, invested in real estate, you know. So if a corporation is looking to apply for a loan to purchase some real estate, what kind of information would the credit union be looking for? We ask for a wide variety of pieces of information in order to do our due diligence and to ensure that what they, one, what they are purchasing uh, makes financial sense uh, for the, the purchaser. But also, um, from the credit union's perspective, that they have the cash flow and the source of repayment to, to pay the loan. So we'll be asking for an appraisal, the contract of purchase and sale. Depend if it's an industrial property, we'll ask for uh, an environmental report. We'll ask for corporate financial statements, personal financial statements. So there's a wide variety of things that we could ask for and the list could go on and on depending on the complexity of the ownership group uh, complexity of the property whether it's going to be owner occupied or investor purposes okay so let, let's just break that down a little bit because a lot of our listeners are listening because they're looking forward to doing something like that do you send them a checklist or something like that or and what are your thoughts should they be using a broker you know what are your thoughts on that when we uh, are approached by one of our members or somebody in the in the community that we haven't done business with before we have that initial discussion after they've normally made an offer to purchase on a property uh, then we'll ask, you know, what level of financing they may require, what they're going to be doing with the property, etc. And yes, then we'll provide them with a detailed list of the information that we need to do our preliminary due diligence. And, and then the ball will be back in the purchaser's court. Once they like the, the presentation that we've uh, proposed to them, they will provide some additional information in order for us to underwrite the transaction for them and get the loan approved. Okay, now, now I've heard a lot of complaining from my clients about what a process it is to go through to qualify for one now. And I just wonder, what about the, uh, a commercial broker? Like, does that help you? Should our clients be considering a broker to help the credit union get the information? You know, I don't know. Yeah, good question. Uh, mortgage brokers definitely um, play an important role in the process, more so for residential properties. However, if the transaction is um, complex to piece together, commercial mortgage brokers uh, can also play a, a vital role and put together an excellent package of information for uh, bankers and lenders to, to review 
the pros and cons of a transaction and assist with the negotiations and the underwriting process. Is that usual now for a broker to to, to present, say, the, your credit union with a package and, and another lender as well? Like, are you bidding, you know, nowadays? A good mortgage broker will have multiple contacts with lenders. And yes, um, if it the, the borrower is uh, financially strong and the property is very desirable, either good location or good revenue stream, competition can be fierce between the various lenders. I think most brokers will know the difference between credit unions to lenders and what some lenders will and will not do and what advantage there is using a credit union, right? Oh, that's like, a really good point, yeah. so I guess, because the lenders do like to loan in different areas, don't, yeah. don't they? Or where a credit union or... Not that they usually go private lending, but if if you're building with a private loan, they'll know where you can be flexible and not compared to like one of the big banks, right? Correct, yes. Various banks and credit unions will have different property types or different industries that they prefer. Credit unions um, deal with so many uh, entrepreneurs, so they, they normally deal with most type of industries and uh, real estate. However, there are some specialized industries like the agricultural industry or the high-tech industry where only certain banks and credit unions will, will play in that market yeah. space. Yeah. So when we're working with clients that have sort of gone through the application process, they've approached Prospera Credit Union, they're getting a loan, they've been approved for it. Uh, what happens on our end is we're typically working with a company from the beginning. Either we've incorporated it and it's a brand new company or it's a business we've already been working with and they've let us know, hey, I have this transaction coming up or I'm borrowing money yada yada we're going to get instructions from the bank so what happens for us is we act for the business that's getting the loan and prospera credit union would have a separate lawyer correct that's correct uh my understanding is uh that there has to be separate legal representation for most if not all business loans and that's typical and we're going into the commercial lending aspect because it's no longer a simple conveyance it's not a simple transaction once it hits and i don't i don't know clay that there's like a set guideline of what takes it from not simple what makes a commercial loan immediately oh there there is it's there like is there's a code so all lawyers need to follow a certain professional ethics which is well, set out in our code and it does set out so when you use the term simple conveyance yeah uh, so that allows lawyers to act for uh, two parties in a very specific situation yeah, in a residential so it just aspects. in a residential yeah. conveyance and so very often in a residential conveyance we will act for uh, the purchaser and the bank providing the financing yeah. but that's one of the few times we can represent Where two clients whenever simple, there's yeah. a commercial element the bank needs its own lawyer and the, the purchaser needs their own yeah lawyer. and so typically banks that are are used to the commercial lending they know that they have a list of lawyers that they work with so when they're approved for their loan with their client they provide their instructions to their lawyer and then their lawyer will provide instructions to us on what they want from us and so we're specifically working with the borrower and so a lot of times when I have clients that are getting these loans they don't understand personal guarantees <laughs> and so a lot of times they have a you know a large loan a multi-million dollar loan uh, for whatever purpose and banks are asking for personal guarantees and indemnities so could you explain a bit about why credit unions or banks would well, want well, that can I, can I jump in a yeah. little bit here 
Can I, I stop you? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I do like the sound of my own voice, Tavern. So, uh, no, I, I guess that, that I just wanted to introduce it. Uh, we're getting back to Greg. So the bank is, is lending money. They are looking to make sure that they get uh, security for the money that they lend. And the most common type is a mortgage. But as you, you're, you've just alluded to, there's, there's personal guarantees. So why don't, why don't we ask Greg to talk about the type of security the bank might be asking for? Yeah, so I'll end off on the guarantee question. But yes, uh, so most, if not all, um, commercial loans and mortgages that we do are secured by first mortgages over uh, commercial property, general security agreements, and various and other to, items. Just as jump well. in there. So, a general security agreement is a security over personal property. Correct. And intangible. Yeah, exactly. All present and after acquired property, which can include receivables, inventory, equipment, etc. Uh, that's owned by the borrower. And sometimes we can ask for general security agreements from related parties as well, if they're guarantors. But uh, And then, you know, Tanvir asking the question regarding guarantees. Most banks and credit unions will ask for guarantees from the, the shareholders of the borrower. And the reason why we, we do that, there's multiple reasons. Uh, one, it's a fallback position if there's a security fall, uh, shortfall. If we have to realize on our security one day and there is a shortfall, we can ask the guarantors to cover that shortfall. So if there's a default by the company in repaying, you look to the shareholders or the people who have provided a guarantee. That's the primary reason. Uh, there's a few other reasons that uh, some banks or credit unions may also think of. And that is, uh, you know, if you don't believe in your company, why should the financial institution? Um, That's a good way of putting it, process. actually. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that is good, because, Greg, we do get a lot of uh, complaints about uh, guarantees, for yeah. sure. So, Greg, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, and thank you very much for showing up and well, sharing your wisdom with us. <laughs> thank you very much, Clay and Tanvir. Till next time, this is FHMP Lawyers Law Talk. FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help. Send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com.